Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horwitz. And this is I Burn Everything, a food and relationship podcast. Hi, Stevie. Hi, Dave. What a day. It's been a day, a day of going from thing to thing, despite the fact that actually nothing should be going on. We have a lot on our plates. We have a lot on our plates, uh, some for different reasons than others. Uh, I am watching like a hawk my uh, new puppy who is sleeping in her pen. Hello, Margo. Oh, my God. She's looking right at us. Wait, look. Oh, wow. Hi, Margo. I can't wait to meet her, Dave. I've never met. You've never had a dog as long as I've known you. I'm so happy you adopted a puppy. And I cannot wait to meet her and kiss her and babysit her when you're out of town. <laughs> well, I, I'm excited for her to meet uh, to meet your gang and you. Uh, I'm curious to know how big she's going to get. It's the funny thing about uh, and we should get to our fantastic episode. But the thing I, I have noticed is that people love to speculate on the size of a puppy and how isn't big it, she's going to get. Isn't it bizarre? Like, yeah, I people the most common question I get about boyfriend is how big how big is he going to get? <laughs> and Dave, like he's a rescue. I I know very little information about him. I know that his one of his parents was a chihuahua and one was a mini, mini poodle. And that's the only reason I know that is from a DNA test. But like legitimately, I have no idea. This dog could be mini or it could be 20 pounds or it could be 40 pounds. Who knows? I think she I think uh, boyfriend's going to stay the same exact size uh, For I've, forever. I've, I've shown the picture of, I mean, I have a picture of what I assume are Margot's parents. I know that her mom is some sort of a Doberman mix who looks like she's about 30 pounds. And the dad is some pointy eared uh, guy who's the same color as her. That's all I can say. But I've sent it to a lot of people and just been like, I don't know. I don't think she's going to be 80 pounds. But it, I mean, it would be funny. She's tiny now. It'd be very be funny so if she funny. was huge. But a lot of people are paw experts. Like, look at those paws. She's going to be They're big. Those paws are so big. The dog's going to be giant. And you're just like... <laughs> Everyone, it's speculation on size. I mean, it's really wild. Um, it is really freaking wild, and uh, that is, you know, what I'm gonna just make a in in articulate segue and say we should start our our episode with our fantastic guest. Yes, she is an author. She is a TV writer. She is a podcaster. She's fantastic. You're gonna love her. It's Dana Schwartz. Let's do it. Hi, Dana. Hey, how are you? Hey, you know what? I'm actually okay. How are you? Also, you know, like relatively speaking, okay. You know, okay, in my apartment, great. doing fine, healthy. Healthy in LA. In LA, West Hollywood. Okay. I can tell by the light. It's nice light. Oh, I also have a ring light, which is oh. also a very LA thing. I typically use mine, but not today. Dave, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I also have a ring light, but it's not on. I bought it to uh, use when I was recording in my closet because it was very dark and scary in there. And now I don't have to use my closet anymore because I got a different setup. So I miss this closet, is, Dave. The closet, Dave, was scary, though. He made people a little uncomfortable and it was a little disconcerting and it was very like early core Dave. Like yeah. this new Dave, he's in the rest of his room. He's moving around. Late period quar. Late period quar. Yeah. Although different, different vibe entirely. Did who's you to have? Say? Did you have a different vibe early quar, Dana? 
Um, I feel like I've gone through phases. I have a very small kitchen, so I never went through like the baking phase, but there was like a tiny period where I was like, I'm going to work out and like be productive and be healthy. And that has almost completely fallen by the wayside. I have also gone through like, I bought expensive pajamas. That was like, I bought a period where I was like, I'll just buy way too expensive pajamas. And I bought watercolor paints. So I've just been like spending money out of uh, desperation to like reinvent myself. What is um, way too expensive pajamas? Like, what does that look like? Um, they have like feathers on the cuffs <gasps> and on the ankle. Like I, they're gorgeous, but like they're almost too pretty to wear. Oh, that sounds so nice. Like I want to go to like a fancy, like n- 1920s themed pajama party. Oh, that's but nice. No yeah. Gats- and even if they were jammies, no, no one has ever thrown, no one has ever thrown a Gatsby jammy party. Even if people were throwing parties. When, um, I, I when all of this has. ends, I think we should do it. I think we should throw a Gatsby jammy party and everyone wears like their fanciest jammies because we won't want to wear clothes when this is over. Don't tell me that wouldn't be fun. You could call it the Gats pajamas. <laughs> I had to kind of wince and look away I when I said it. It was the uh, delivery that killed me. It was mostly for uh, for your benefit, but I also know that if if I made eye contact with Stevie when I said it, she would be really upset with me. I get um, mad. I get super mad. Everyone knows it. Sometimes, it, <laughs> sometimes the way to gauge if a joke is either really bad or really good is if Stevie's really mad at me. Yeah, you could also tell. Um, Do you Dave- have a second dog? Who's the second dog in the background? I'm gonna oh, be there's real. Three. Dana, I have three. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. This is new to me. I met boyfriend. Before okay, we met boyfriend. I also have Rocket, who is a 12-year-old short-haired dachshund who I've had for 12 years. And what you're seeing now in the kitchen is Holiday, a black and cream long-haired dachshund, almost three years old, very sassy, very opinionated. Um, and I'm, I'm going to point, it. just because I, I moved everything out of the way, this little lump right here is uh, Margo. She's my new dog. Hi, Margo. She's Let's fast asleep. Dave, congrats on your adoption. Thank you so much. It feels right. Oh, there's Beetlejuice. This is Beetlejuice. Hi, Beetlejuice. Wow, Beetlejuice looks a lot like my first ever cat um, that I grew up with. He's a very handsome gentleman. He is. Um, he's uh, a great cat, and I love him a lot. Full-coated. Full-coated. Yeah, I don't know what kind he is because he's like an adopted street cat. Um, but, you know, some some something with, with long, fuzz, really soft, fuzzy hair. He's a nice cat. That's what kind. Yes. <laughs> When it comes to cats, there are no breeze. There's just nice and <laughs> me. Yeah, he's he's like a nice cuddly cat. Yeah. Do you guys, as as uh, veteran pet owners, because this I'm a first timer here, do you find that that your pets it's easy or or easier to make them the focus of your life or a moment in your life now in this current situation in this unprecedented in quotes world we live in like it's easier to just kind of focus your attention on them and it makes everything else seem like maybe a little bit less scary or a little less omnipresent oh yeah it's the best because their needs are so simple like human needs like are so complicated like we need now like stability and and global certainty and we're reckoning with these deep profound existential questions of what it means to live in a country and my cat only has to deal with like is the food wet or dry today (laughs) Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't even think I can answer the question because I've never had, um, I've never been an adult without animals. That's Um, true. 
I've always, since I, since day one moving to LA, I had two dogs and I think I'll always have at least two to three animals. I love when they hum in the background. <laughs> Just kind of like existing in, in your life while it's <laughs> happening around you. I like, uh, I just, I feel like it's become a great new focus because, I mean, I've only had her for three days, two days, knock on wood, uh, that this continues, but I, my, like, my paranoia and my engagement with really, like, upsetting uh, news that I can't do anything about, um, just people that annoy me, like, it all kind of has fallen to the wayside a little bit in favor of just, uh, you know, watching her kind of kick her legs in her sleep, which is yes, uh, fantastic. They don't tell you about that when you sign up. No, some they of them don't. are sleep sleep so movers. It's the sweetest. Also, he just does a little burble in his sleep. He does a little like. Uh, oh, it's uh, the cutest. I just like put my ear up to his chest when he sleeps. I'm uh, I'm the worst cat mom. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, Dave. I think that like because you are attending to someone else's needs, right? When you have a puppy, you're looking at someone else's needs that you take the focus off the outside world and you put it on what matters, which is like this living being. So Mm -hmm. things you're putting your, you're pouring your energy into something that actually you do have control over to some degree, you know, which is such a nice thing to do. It's a way to be of service, you know, rather it, it just pulls focus, I think in a good way. I will also say transition alert. Um, as someone who like lives alone during quarantine, having another living thing in my apartment, uh, it has made me sane. I mean, like, cause I get to like talk to him and sing at him and like not be totally alone in the silence of my own thoughts. Uh, are you doing any, um, like in service of living alone and staying sane and, and interacting with other people? Are you, um, are you doing the dreaded? zoom facetime dating are you social distance hiking are you doing the stuff that people are already sick of talking about as you put your head in your hands i hate zoom and facetime this is different because we are like having a but i hate the casual zoom like the hi because it feels very fake and i feel like i have to be like on in a way that's really unnatural to me and like i'm bad at socializing so i actively hate zoom and facetime and I am sort of dating, but it's like, I mean, I'm not dating anyone. I'm like sort of casually trying to put feelers out. And like, I've like gone to a park with a mask and like gone on a walk. But it's just so awkward because you have to like build up so much. Um, it's such like a production to decide to meet someone. You can't just like, oh, meet for a drink at a bar. There's like a very high barrier to entry. And as someone who hates most people and hates dating most people, it's it's mm. exhausting. What's your um like what's your bottom line? Like what would make you want to actually go on a walking date with someone or something? You know what I mean? It's like because you have to it's almost like you have to determine if it's worth it or not. Yes, right? Totally. And then if it's if it like if you go out and he's just like boring, you're like, oh my God, I Such was a even at a risk for that. Yes. Um yeah. But I think my bottom line is like, I'm like a funny a guy who like can keep up with the banter in a way that feels natural that like talking to them doesn't feel like an exhausting chore. <laughs> uh, you mean uh, not like pulling teeth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also my bottom line. You have to be funny. If I'm going to risk my life to go on a walking distance masked social date with you, you better be funny. You better I, make me laugh. I read something and I honestly, I don't know whether this was like a tweet or a book. So I feel very weird even quoting it, but something like people you're dating, like you're not competing against anyone 
any other guy, you're competing against like me spending time with myself. And I have to ask myself, like, would I rather go on this walk or sit at home on my couch watching Avatar The Last Airbender? And like (laughs) nine out of 10 times, I would rather sit at home on my couch. So you just have to be better than me being alone. Yeah, honestly, hard bar. Yeah, in, in a lot a, of ways, it's a high <laughs> bar. Are you are are you normally sort of a, a a solitary person or someone who enjoys being alone, or has this quarantine like uh, tested that and made you come out the other side, preferring to be on your couch? Is that, does that make sense? Like, because no, you saying I, that made me go, oh, that's a great way to be to say like it might be more fun for me to just hang out with myself because I certainly didn't used to be like that. I am definitely like a, a Jewish indoor cat. Like I just am not a toned bronzed athletic Gentile. That's if that's offensive, I'm so sorry. It's no, not, we're all Jews here. It's not okay, offensive because we're all Jews. Great. Um, but it would be very offensive if I wasn't. <laughs> um, and you're very toned and bronze. So we'll get to this later. Um <laughs> I will say I'm always I'm always like an indoor person and like an introvert like I don't like doing things but I will say I am someone who's almost always been in like a long-term relationship and I had like a very bad breakup right before quarantine so I'm someone who loves being in a comfortable relationship I love being in like an on-the-couch relationship and so it's been um annoying for me to have to be in like the fun dating phase because that's not a natural phase for me was it a first of all i'm i'm sorry that that happened was it a a a live-in relationship no oh my god i can't believe i'm gonna tell this story uh but there's zero chance he will listen to this podcast we had been dating for about a year like over a year it was like serious we like talked about next steps and like we had been talking about moving in together that was like the the next step and then I saw him in a restaurant with another girl. <gasps> I saw him in person. I, I, I saw mean, it, like out of a sitcom. It was like a sitcom. I was with a friend, a friend from college who I hadn't seen in years. I have not told this story publicly. So congratulations on this scoop. Uh, this is this is what we like to call an Iber and everything exclusive. This is an um, Iber and everything it, it exclusive. It truly combines. Okay. Let me tell you. It really is a yeah. ch- Oh my god. Let gosh. me tell you a story. <laughs> Please. I was catching catching up with a friend from college who lives in Massachusetts. I had not seen her in a few years in person. She's at Cal- in California. We're at lunch sitting outside at the Sycamore Kitchen on La Brea, La Brea I believe. Uh back when people were allowed to do that. And <sighs> I was telling her, again, this is like a sitcom. Like, I feel like I'm making this up. I was telling her about this new relationship. And I was like, yeah, and he's successful. And I really like him. And, you know, we just, I know it's sort of weird and sudden, but like, we have that thing, that click. And like, I think we're going to move in together. And we, I literally, I think said those words. And as we were talking, I, I'm like, oh my God, wait, I think that's him. And he works at an office job like across town. So it is. it was like ludicrous that he would be here. I was like, oh my God, I think that's him. And she and I both turn in unison and watch the man that I just pointed out was my boyfriend, uh, who is older than me by uh, more than one decade, um, stand with a very beautiful, very young looking woman. And we both watch him put his hand on her lower back 
And she turns to me and she doesn't know what to say because she's so embarrassed. And I'm so embarrassed, like watching this. And I thank God that she was there because, of course, later when I like confront him, he was like, oh, I never put my hand on her. Like, don't. Oh, she's just a friend. Like, blah, blah. But like my friend was there and we like both watched that in unison. Like, thank God I had another witness. And uh, I like I go up to him and I'm like, hey. And he's like, oh, hi, this is Dana. And he like awkwardly kisses me. And it's like the he doesn't join. You know what I mean? It's not like one of those like, oh, Dana, so happy to see you. Like, let's all grab lunch together. This is a friend. Like, it's not the interaction you want with your long-term boyfriend who happens to be at the same restaurant as you. How how long-term was this? It was, this was like, like 14 months, like over a year. Oh my God, Dana. And like, then he sits at like a different table. And like, as I'm saying, I'm like, like, it's so awkward on every level. It's truly like the worst lunch because right, like your close boyfriend, if he's there with a friend and like, I'm there with a college friend, like you'd like join each other and you'd be like, Hey, how's it going? You're like. It's so awkward. Absolutely. Oh also, gosh, you'd be like, this breaks. is my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah you'd well, be like, he, he did say, he was like, this is my girlfriend, but like, it was really awkward and weird. And then he was like, see you later. I'm going to go. Yeah, have lunch with this young woman. She's She was a, I, I, of course, then we spent the rest of lunch stalking her on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. She's like an actress, dancer, nothing against her. It's She's a, <laughs> a lovely person, um, but like, that's what we had to do. Um so then the the epilogue of the story, which I'm embarrassed to say I did not break up with him right away because he's because like, you know, I like, you know, everyone, whatever. He's like, oh, I, I love it. You know, I love you. That was just a lunch. It was awkward. It was whatever. Um, then I'm not I'm embarrassed. I'm, I did the, the thing that girlfriends aren't supposed to do. But I was just like so shaken by that interaction. He's like, it's just a friend. She's just a friend. That I looked at his phone, which again, I've never done in a relationship before. I was just like so paranoid and I felt very gaslit. I'm defending this. It is not good girlfriend behavior. It's not something I do or condone. But, um, well, you were being gaslit. Just to interject, it's not good boyfriend behavior to do anything he was doing. And so, I mean, I I think the policy on looking through someone's phone is like when you know, when it's just confirmatory, when it's not like, Oh, I got a sneaking suspicion when it's like, I need hard evidence. It was driving me crazy. Like I couldn't sleep over thinking about this girl. And so I had to check his phone and there were uh, a bunch of girls. What? And oh, then do you want the, the second epilogue? I'm so sorry. This just became a therapy no, session. No, Again, no, no, you, no, no. This is feel free. This is, this is in the right place. You're in yeah. the right pod. Yeah, feel, you've come to the right place. Feel free also to cut all of this out. If not this is a no way. chance in not the a, world, it's unless all you, we have. It's all we have. No, unless you want it cut. No, no, it's it fine. It goes in. This is again so embarrassing. So after that, which was uh, the day before my birthday, I think. Um, oh. Yeah, Oof, I know, but. Uh, we like, you know, break up obviously, but then like, you know, we're so sad. I was so in love. Like, and he comes back and does the big romantic gesture of like the, look, I fucked up. And like, I have been insecure and looking for validation and I never actually cheated. It was just texting and lunch clearly, but hey, that's uh, cheating FYI. Yeah. That's what I think. But, and like nudes, but I, yeah. I think that's cheating. Wait, did you get a big confrontation out? Did you get to do the like, look, hey, motherfucker, who's this, 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 and this? Or were you like- Yeah, I did. But yeah. I felt so guilty over looking at the phone that it couldn't even yeah. be fun. Um, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but a few weeks later, he comes back with the big like, I fucked up and I am going to be with you and I will never do that again. Like, I love you so much. I am in this for the long haul. And me being the it, I'm like, you know what? If everyone, everyone makes a mistake. 
I love you so much. We were so good for so long. Like, yeah. And then we get back together. I, I don't even think I told my a lot of my friends that we got back together after this. But uh, this is like after the big like reconciliation where he's like, all I know is I need to be with you. Like the big like notebook in the rain speech. And I fall for it. I'm like, okay, we're back together. And then like six weeks later, I'm at his apartment and I'm on his iPad. And this one is a total unforced error in that I wasn't even looking at anything because he was like, I would never, I'll never, ever do that again. And I was like, yeah, who would be dumb enough to do that again? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm on his iPad and uh, a message, you know, has to like Twitter, like messages sometimes get like push notifications. Yeah. Not like a push notification from his app of that he was sexting a random uh girl the night the night i met his parents oh i met, I met his mom we, i went out to dinner with his mom and then he like went home with, with like some random girl was like messaging her like oh like i'm out with my parent i'm out with my mom getting drunk but if you want to like send me a picture like winky face like gave him gave her his number and this time i screenshotted that Went back to my apartment and then like when I was in a bad mood, then I just texted him the screenshot. <laughs> that, that's that's a pretty that's that's a good. I like that. That might, uh, That's like kind of a better denouement than like if you didn't get to enjoy the confrontation the first time, you at least got to be like, because I just uh, like to imagine the guy getting a text and being like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a picture. And then feeling like a oh, fucking fuck. Total uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, it wasn't even a clean breakup after that because I'm like so sad and like, you know, like I, I wish I could say like after that, I just like blocked him and never thought about him again. Um, but I like ending the story there because obviously we never got back together, but like, yeah, no, I'm a bad, pathetic person most of the time. Steven, I have to intervene. Is this because, therapy? Well, look, it just, it depends. Like, the the unclean breakup. I mean, you know, I I'm I'm in a I'm in a healthy relationship now, but I am the I I could have written a book on un unclean uh, breakups that just sort of stretch out uh, in front of you and end and begin again and start over and like have a break and take yeah. a new path and be something new. Like, I mean, Stevie, I'm sure you've broken up and gone back together with someone that you that you maybe shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, I had, I was cheated on, um, by a guy who did something very similar that as your horrible ex, he is an adult who really should have known better, who knows that text like sexting is cheating. I think. Oh, you're not. It, it, it absolutely there's is. There's no, there's no question. Sexting's off the table. You don't do yeah. that. That's not acceptable in any capacity. I, I also don't care what, like, I have like, look, we can like go through a gradient of like the worst type of cheating to the best type of cheating. But cheating to me is cheating. And it's like a violation of trust in the relationship and what you've built. Um, I, I've had, I had a guy cheat on me and I got back together with him too. After two weeks, I, I had a really hard time and we got back together. And the, my truth was like, despite the fact that I do think like what he did is forgivable, I couldn't get over it. Like, yeah. I couldn't get past it. I couldn't trust him. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't even build the trust, but yeah, I've gotten back. It's not pathetic. It's human. And yeah. it's actually kind of, in my opinion, it's kind of brave to get back together with someone that the whole world would probably tell you not to. It's brave because you're following your instincts, but yeah. it was, it's like, it was bad instincts. It wasn't instincts of like, this is someone I can trust it. 
afterward, like the ripples of it was like, oh, I'm just very lonely and I miss the validation and like the comfort of being with you. Yeah. But now, now it's, I've had months and, you know, I'm still sad because it was like someone I was in love with and I like haven't, I'm so, I think I mentioned earlier, like I'm not good at like the beginning stages of dating. Like I'm really bad at like the like witty being charming. I'm like, all I want to do is be at like the couch phase where I can be myself. So I, I like missed that shorthand, but yeah, he was not the person to do that with. No, I'm also so sorry. I, I know how heartbreaking that is. Like as much as we're joking about it, it's so rough. Wow. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I want to I just offer up um, just as a just as a peace <laughs> offering because you are you are, um, you know, you're being very hard on yourself. But if you want to talk about uh, if, if there's a break up and get back together Hall of Fame, um, I was uh, cheated on by someone that I lived with oh, and we had no. just moved in together. We had moved in together uh, three or f- three months prior. Oh, no. And. But but that's but again that's just so that happened. We broke up. I move. I moved out because I just was like I can't even. I mean I don't want to stay in this place where this. I, I I removed myself from the apartment that was mine. Found another place. Got back together with the ex for another year, and then that year of the relationship was an open relationship. Oh no! Yeah. So if you want to talk about. Like you gave somebody you loved another chance and he fucked up six weeks later. Try another year of that shit. But then it's like, there's more and it's like confusing and there's other people in the mix and no, nobody, nothing makes sense. And everybody's like looking at you weird when you're like out at dinner. Cause like, they know what happens. Like you're when they like yeah. the people within my friend group community were like, Oh man, Dave's doing some, some weird shit. But it's like, I so wish that I could have, even after the second time, I wish that it could have just been like, I send that text and then I'm done. And then I like walk out to my like Lizzo montage song. But it's like, no, like I was like crying and like asking him to get back together like a month after that. You know what I mean? Like, and we obviously didn't for a lot of reasons, but like, oh God, relationships are so bad. Well, that, that especially, I mean, someone who's just like, makes promises they can't keep like oh just like be honest be like this is who i am i'm the worst (laughs) hey guys stevie here just wanted to say hey why don't you contact us you can email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com or you can even call our hotline leave a message 213-458-5236 it's 213-458- Five two three six, and we may even talk about your message or email on a future episode. So get to it. Has this has this changed your um your priorities or like what you're looking for in a in a partner or anything? I mean, because this happened, this was like obviously earlier this year. So I mean, to do any of like the healing or anything, and to do the work or to think about what your priorities are, and then to be thrust into a world where it's like. Well, you know, you're basically going to have a glorified pen pal unless like something, I mean, it's like, it feels patently unfair, but I wonder if like what, what kind of uh, growth or learning you've done from it? Because I mean, first of all, fuck this guy, but you know, it is an opportunity to, to, yeah, to, to, to learn. I will say, so he was uh, older than me. He was like 50 and I'm 27. And so that's a big age difference. And so even when we started dating, 
like my family was like, Dana, red flag. And my friends were like, okay, but red flag. And I was like, oh, but like, I'm very mature. And like, he, you know, is divorced and he, uh, you know, we, we have this chemistry. And so I justified it in a lot of ways and like overlooked some of the paper red flags. Um, because it like, yeah, felt like nice to be like validated by someone who like has a job and an apartment with like, you know, a bed frame where it's like most like guys in their twenties are just like not yeah. functioning. They're just like grand, they're mogwais aside Kremlin. <laughs> they just like don't know how to exist in the world. Yeah. Uh, True. But I do think that, um, you know, the advice of my mom being like, no, if there's a 50 year old person who is interested in dating you, you, you that don't like you have to take that with whatever grain of whatever it is. And so I do feel like that has um, given me some perspective. But I, I've I've had a lot of challenges dating people my age for a couple of reasons. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I I don't I wouldn't even pair you with someone your age. F- 50 when it's you're t- 27 jewel. is like a big age gap. I guess mostly I'm sorry that it feels like a source of embarrassment for you no, because it's like The embarrassment is just being like self-indulgent and talking okay. about myself. Oh. Well, you're on a you're on a relationship podcast hosted by uh, two people who have shared a lot about them themselves in the past too. So you don't have to Great. feel, I mean, that's actually kind of something that I wanted to talk to you about on the show, like already before you told this story is that we're all people who have sort of shared about ourselves and uh, you know, I, I, I've written about myself and you've, you know, written books about it. And, and I, and we've obviously over, over shared on here for close to a hundred episodes. I wonder, does that affect, um, does that part of your, your, your career or your personality affect uh, your, your dating life? Yeah, definitely. I think also part of the reason, um, look, there are a lot of reasons that I think it's like kind of challenging to date guys my age. Uh, some of them are especially because like the people I know and the people I socialize with are all like in the industry. And um, I, I feel like sometimes guys get like weirdly competitive or threatened by, they all say they like love a, a woman that's successful, but um, I don't think in, in actuality, sometimes they do want to date someone who's like more public facing than they are. And I think part of um, like, having a lot of Twitter followers first means people like think they know me based on this, this like jokey persona I have on the internet. And then they think that I'm going to, if they date me, I'm going to tweet about them, which like I do to some degree, but always through like a filter and never like real, I don't know, like never through like malicious. I, I don't think I'm ever that public about my relationships. Like, I feel like if you followed me for a while, like, I don't know if you would know that like, who I was dating and like a picture every now and then, but like, I'm, I'm not a super exhibitionist with my real life. I kind of find that like being on the internet, um, if you're very open about dumb things, then people don't realize that you're being private about the things that matter. Like I'll be like, Oh my God, I want to, I love Jason Isaacs. I love 55 year old British men. And people are like, Oh, Dana's so open about her life. But it's like, but I'm not talking about like my, real dating life or like my real insecurities that often it's all filtered through a fake persona but yes oh guys, yeah guys are insecure both sometimes that i'm more successfully public facing than they are 
And then also they say like, oh, you're just going to tweet about me, which like I don't do. I also like that guy's biggest fear is that you're going to tweet about them. You're like, what? Who cares? Why would that? <laughs> like if I've had an ex-boyfriend tweet about me and I was like, it's funny. Who cares? I this the ex was always like, oh, my God, are you going to put this in a book? I'd like and dudes would always be like, oh, are you going to write this in a book? And I always wanted to be like, you're not interesting enough for a book. Yeah, you're not interesting enough for a bad tweet. Yeah, you're. I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not even going to write a I'm not putting an essay about you. Yeah, like. Oh, my I, God. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, that you think you're such a narcissist that you think <laughs> you're whatever you are is so important and so interesting that like every tweet it's like I have dated I I tweet about relationships in a very generic or dating in a very generic overarching sort of way I don't think I honestly don't think you could pinpoint each tweet to like this was this guy it's like it's generic it's yeah it's an observational honestly exactly 100% and then I have these guys that it's like oh if you date me you're just gonna tweet about me and it's like no, you're not my muse. You're a boring <laughs> 27-year-old guy who lives in Echo Park and has been working the same shitty assistant job for four years. Yeah, what what would I tweet? <laughs> oh my so many sonnets and wasted that- <laughs> on this on this assistant. <laughs> that's not even a per and someone's like, oh, she's tweeting, she's talking about so no, that's just like an amalgam of all of them. I've never, you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. they all just blend together. Oh my gosh, that, that is so funny. I, I wish I didn't relate, and I, I very much do. And I will say, even the the interesting ones, like the the fam- like people I've slept with who are famous, like, and I would never tweet about that publicly for several reasons. And one of them is like, because I don't want people to associate that with me in any way, or like think that I have slept my way to the top, or like think I'm a star fucker. Like that's embarrassing for me. Like I'm not. Don't you don't talk about like. People don't realize, like, I don't want to talk about you for so many reasons. Yeah, I agree. I also think what's interesting is, like, if you do go through someone's social media, like, most of the time you have no idea who they've dated. And if you get to know them as a friend, like the person, you do learn about who they've dated, who they've been with. Like, it's a very different vibe. I don't think most, maybe Dave knows everyone I've dated, but most people have no idea who I've dated. Most people, you know what I mean? Like, think about it. Like, there's no, there's no traces. No. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting uh, dichotomy. I mean, I, I never thought about being a public-facing private person, but it makes sense. It's like, I mean, I, I think I got, and it's funny, Danny. I was like, I was looking at uh, the three books you've written, and there's sort of like at least two of them have like a relationship through line to them. And yeah. I, I got like my the kickstart of my like writing career was I, I had a blog that turned into a book that was. Uh, you know, in the heady days of, you know, Urban Outfitters blog books. But yeah. I, I had one that was all, it was just like very pithy and all the reasons you never want to date someone. It's, it was 10 years ago. However, um, I uh, I feel like it started me on this path of everyone, people telling me about their relationship things, people coming up to me like at bars or, or messaging me and being like, Oh, you must like assuming that I'm so open and that I want to have like a very long, like weighty discussion about relationships. And and uh, I think that it's kind of does that part of me has dissipated over the years. And I mean, it's partly why we we stopped revealing so much of ourselves on this show. And it's also why 
I stopped publicly writing so much about all of this stuff. And it's like, I've been kind of, uh, I don't know. I feel like the last several relationships I've had, there's not a ton of like essays or uh, tweets or anything. Like it's very, it's much more like opaque and it seems like it's just, it is by design because there just comes a point where it's like, I can't, I don't think that this is my thing anymore. My like quote unquote relationship book, which like, I feel like the relationship aspect of it was like a Trojan horse for me to talk about like my eating disorders and depression. But like, I don't name anyone by name except the person who had been my current boyfriend at the time. And like he gave, and he's only like mentioned at the end with his first name, like a tiny bit. So I don't mention anyone by name. And again, that was like three or four years ago I wrote that. And like, I feel like that part of my life is done. And it wasn't about the boys in like a tell all way. Like the book was about me being this like, depressed, lonely person trying to find validation through these people who like make cameo appearances. Like people have read that book and known the people and don't know who I'm talking about. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I also think it's like, yeah, it's, it it is interesting to have a following to have people. I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's, I think the guys being like, you're going to tweet about me is interesting for a couple reasons and it's also that i mean do you think that having the following that you do makes people uh like they are coming into a date or a relationship or a situation or even just knowing you with with preconceived notions because that is interesting to think about reading someone's twitter as if it's their diary because like first of all unless you're screenshotting huge text edit uh screens like there's not a lot of room to reveal everything even if you were trying to. No, like if anything, you'll just get like my sense of humor or like probably if you read through the lines, like what TV show I happen to be watching at the moment. But I think, and this is a theory and maybe it's self-aggrandizing. So I'm also sorry if this comes off bad. I think sometimes guys use that like, oh, I don't want you to tweet about me, which again, I don't tweet about anyone, but like (laughs) I don't want you to tweet about me excuse of like why they don't want to date me as like an excuse to to say like they don't like dating someone who is at least publicly visibly more successful than they are uh. um which again like i live in a studio apartment i'm not like a but like i'm successful in the sense that like in certain sub communities like people think they know me because i have a blue check mark like that's like a whatever the thing like i'm a twitter person and so i think that guys sometimes are like weirdly threatened by that and um the the uh, i'm trying to phrase this in the right way things that i think are appealing for a if you're a 28 year old dude in la or new york who's like written a bunch of books and is like has a bunch of twitter followers and like a popular podcast like i feel like you'd be doing really well with dating and i feel like those that criteria doesn't really translate well to women she said very selfishly. i i agree with you i think it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier too, where you were saying that like, they say they're like, yeah, I really am cool with you being successful. As if like, first of all, what a fucking insane misogynistic thing to say to begin with, right? Like, I'm cool with you being more successful than me. You're like, yeah, I'm just a human. But I do think that, I do think that men are threatened by a woman with a strong voice too. Like, 
you would think that men would behave better if they're dating you. Like, why the fuck would you cheat on someone with that strong of a voice? Why would you like, it's almost like, my God, it's to me. I'm like, it feels like they're saying like, I can't do the bad things I want to do. If you have a strong voice on Twitter and on the internet. He never let me post pictures of him on Instagram. Sometimes I did to like my close friends, but he, um, because he's like, I'm a very private person. I don't want, and so I didn't. And for like a year we dated, we never, I never posted pictures of him on Instagram. Let me tell you the through line of all cheaters. Okay. The through line. And I cannot, I've never met a man who's not a cheater who doesn't do this. They say they're private on Instagram. Meanwhile, they will post photos of themselves where they look good and photos of their own life. But the only thing they do not post is their relationship. The guy who cheated on me did the exact same thing. If someone is hiding you on social media, there is a high likelihood that they're cheaters. Is it crazy? Like, I just want a guy who's like proud of me. Like, I've never, this is so crazy. In my entire relationship history, I'm, again, 27, have had like long-term relationships. I have never had a guy just like take a picture of me and post him on his Instagram, which is like my dream that like, I want a guy to like be proud of me. That sounds so pathetic. Oh my God. I'm like really embarrassed. It's not pathetic, but what it is, is attainable. And I feel like it's the kind of thing that it's great to have something tangible to know that you want, because like you can have that for sure. And it's not going to come in. I mean, I don't I don't know who this guy was. And if I mean, the fact that it hasn't happened with people before, but like they're out there. And I also I I will say and it's just it's such a weird I guess we're all we're all in the same club. But like I've had someone uh, I think I think we've talked about it on the show before, because I think we've said this phrase Stevie where it's cropping someone out of your life oh uh, good phrase where it's like if it's kind of person who like for example uh my girlfriend hasn't posted a picture to her grid on Instagram since I think the week before we started dating so I take literally no offense to not being posted like that she does not have uh like she's not like an active poster yeah no and and I have dated someone who was like all about it like when stories were like popping off it was like hey we're at this bar we're doing this we're doing that like maybe i'd pop up in a story but like it would be a picture that i took it would be a uh you know on a vacation it would be like a beautiful sunset but it's like hey we've been uh we've been here for a week like i'm here too Uh, i'm posting you um it makes me so mad I mean, it, it, it made me so mad and, and I, I'm over it because I, it's such a, cause we've, we, cause yes, yeah, Stevie, we've talked about this. We're like, I want someone to be proud of me. I mean, Dana Stevie said the it. same thing. Yeah. We yeah. talked about it recently, even like it's, it is attainable, Dana. You what want Dave someone who's like, is, look at my hot, cool girlfriend and like to be publicly proud of them. Well, also yeah. because I feel like when I'm dating someone that I'm really in love with and I really like, that's how I feel about them. And yeah. if I'm going to put you on my Instagram and like, if I'm going to post you, I don't know. I, I don't really understand the logic of being like, I'm a private person when it comes to you. Like it's so like, it's cheap. And honestly, I don't buy it. And you can absolutely date someone who will post you. I've had, I've had boyfriends who, um, since this last the since the guy who cheated um i've had boyfriends who post the shit out of me and it feels really okay it feels really nice stevie i'm gonna say you're like the most beautiful person i've ever seen over zoom and your face is very symmetrical 
and it, it makes me feel bad looking at your white teeth and, and oh, Ab- your Abercrombie and Fitch face. And so the fact that you're, <laughs> you're single in LA makes me feel very bad about myself. Dana, honestly, first of all, you're stunning and you're very funny and you're wonderful. And if I were a man, I would date you in a heartbeat. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, but I, I also feel like, I feel like I'm like you. I'm, I want to date someone who I'm impressed by and who I'm like amazed by and who, you know, I want to date someone where I'm, I respect them and I, our sense of humor aligns. And I find it very challenging to find someone who, especially the sense of humor aligns, you know, like that for me is sort of deal breakery. I've dated a few people for like a few months. Um, and after, after a few months, you're like, oh, they're not funny. This was a sexual relationship and they're not funny at all. Yeah. Or like you always feel, uh, for me, the deal breakers, like I always sort of feel like I have to be on with them in like a weird, like, like, I feel like you're- I'm doing an interview for EW again. Like I, I oh my God. Yeah. That I have to be like, oh, that's so funny. Tell me more. Like, Tell I feel me like more about what you mean. Yeah. In interview mode. I just you're wanna... pulling the weight of two people. That's why you feel like that. Like if you were dating someone who was funny, you'd be pulling only your weight, and even then, it would feel effortless. Like, yeah. You know when you have like a con- great conversation with a friend, and they're everyone's funny, and it's free flowing. You're not like, oh my god, that was so much work. But I feel like dating mediocre men is a lot of work. Yeah. This is as I- as. As a, as a, as a man who has, as a man, that sounded like I was going to say, as a father of daughters, uh, as a man who has in his life been mediocre, and I don't mean to say that that's what I am now, but I do think it is unfair because, uh, being mediocre is, I think it's unfair to the women that I dated when I was mediocre. I thought you meant calling men mediocre is unfair. And I was like, that's. That's probably true. Like that's probably true. <laughs> no, a lot of us are a lot of us are uh, not <laughs> not putting in the work to be like even remotely interesting or uh, yeah. interested. And I've certainly had I've certainly had dates where I didn't ask enough questions, and I've certainly had shorter relationships that were like just about one thing. And I've also just just as much as you know, I don't mean to to color myself as like, well, I got cheated on in 2014, so I'm the greatest guy who's ever lived. However. Um, I think, you know, we contain multitudes. I'm both shitty and I've been with people who are shitty and I'm both, uh, uh, good. And I've been with people who are good and I am with someone who's good. So, but what I'm saying is I think it's less Dana when you're saying like, Oh, you're single in LA. Like this doesn't bode well for me. I think there's just a lot of, uh, bad. There's a lot of shitty guys here. And I feel like statistically speaking, I think there might be more great women than great men at least in our industry and at yeah. least in the sort yes. of like online of like oh. oh i'm as someone who like i agree I, i've been like dm'd by uh, women on instagram and twitter that i've dated and and again this is like in the in the in the past but it's like the fact that people reached out to me it's like and obviously i'm not trying to put myself down but i think it's a I think there's like can be a bit of a, a drought and I it's and it's a dumb it's a useless piece of advice to be like all right guys around the corner but it's also like uh the you just it's like oh my god being in oh okay here we go guys just go with me I'm almost done with my thing I think I maybe we're figured excited it out. we're yeah, hanging on yeah dating in Los Angeles for for us a, a smart attractive creative professional woman with a career is a lot like shopping at Ross Dress for Less. So 
<laughs> a lot of the you walk in, it's a fucking disaster. There's clothes everywhere. There's like 52 waist jeans that are just like on the floor. Like when you walk in, there's like sweaters with blood stains. You're like digging through stuff. It's like a blood. it's like a it's a yeah, I mean, there's like stained like second factory okay. seconds. There's irregulars. There's somebody returned this and maybe they didn't catch that it was stained. I've seen a bloodstained pair of jeans at Ross. Anyway, you're digging, you're digging, you're digging. And <laughs> holy How are you shit. shopping at Ross? You have a job. Uh, I mean, you know, we're, I'm talking about the past, but, you know, they, uh, you can find a good pair of jeans there every now and then. What I'm saying <laughs> is, boom, there it is. It's a pair of uh, my size Levi's that I've been trying to find and you can't even find them online, but they're there and you wear them and they're yours for five years and uh, you never want to be apart from them. And you were able to get away from all of the, like the garbage and the mess that is inside Just the Ross. five years? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean in eternity. You're with the jeans all until you die. Dave, you both die all at the same of time. That for five good years. I mean, I will say I'm definitely. <laughs> My longest relationship is two years. I would kill for five great years with a pair of jeans. Mine's a five. A year. Mine's five years. My longest. Mine's not. My longest is like two and a half. That's still long. I feel like once you get past one year, you're a hero. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I am a thirsty DMer because I do feel like the 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 sphere is is very weighted in and I but I feel like I'm very uncool or at least like my Twitter persona is uncool. So like cool leftist dudes like think I'm basic and like don't like me. That's my experience. What? I'm so confused. I'm so Who's confused. Who's a cool leftist dude? Yeah, like, I don't know. Just like cool. The guys from Chapo? <laughs> yeah. The guys from Chapo Trap House don't want you in their DMs? I don't know. I don't I don't know. I haven't like found my, I think I'm a particular type and I'm still, I'm still waiting for my Levi jeans. I, I would like to know, um, besides someone being funny, do you have a, is there a physical type that you like? Um, I like like glasses is like a weird thing. Like a, a cute nerdy boy. Give me okay, a cute great. nerdy boy. I'm not okay. for me it's really like the the chemistry. You know, you meet someone and it it works. Like I feel like I've had unconventional tastes across the board in terms of people I've been attracted to. But as long that, as I'm attracted to them, that Yeah. I yeah, I'm same. I like the irregulars uh, that Dave yeah. found on the floor at Ross. Yeah, give me the blood stains. That sounds great. <laughs> That sounds fun. Okay, so we'll be we'll be looking out we'll be looking out for the slightly for the unconventional for the factory seconds uh, that are that are there's maybe a good deal on. Um, can I say a, can I say a, again a very self pitying theory I have that call me out if I sound like a monster? Sure. Yeah, we will. So I was talking to an older, success, very successful female friend who's in a great relationship, and she's like, and I was telling her about this breakup with the forty-year-old dude, and she's like, Dana, you just need to be with like a really cool, successful, up-and-coming, like thirty-year-old wonderkind who just had like an amazing project. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds great in theory, but like a cool, hot new director of thirty-something director in LA. Like if he grew up a nerd and now he's like a cool 30 something director, like he will want to be with a model. And that's not to say every model I've ever met has been like a very nice, lovely person. This is like, I feel like the guys want like a, like a status symbol. I feel like there's a, an inequality of people available. Uh, not, I understand what you're saying and I under, and I think I've seen what you're saying too, but I think the got the quality of man who a you would want to be with and 
I've dated quality of men who have no interest in dating models. They want to date someone funny. Funny is their priority. I think I know so many cool like directors, writers who date women who are just like beautiful, funny. Normal, women. normals. Yeah, normals There's like hope. us. There's hope for us, Stevie. You can't say hope. like us. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. <laughs> Dana, like me and you, okay. <laughs> Stevie's yes. a real Stevie's a real person. I like, I, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys have very similar opinions and attitudes See? and tastes about men, and I, and also, like, I don't know. I think what you're saying makes sense, but I also think the wonderkind you're describing sucks ass. I don't think like every good director yeah. wants to date a model. I think a director who wants to date a model wants to is wanting to do it for the for revenge against the anyone who was mean to him yeah, before yeah. he was successful they got a lot and that guy's that guy's that hypothetical guy is yeah. is no good and that guy's gonna that guy's gonna you're gonna be finding some shit on that guy's ipad oh yeah, my god i think you're right i think that's the problem that like nerdy guys who didn't feel like they got enough girls growing up then feel like they need to like compensate somehow yeah they do i've also i feel like there's a turning point. Like, I don't know if this gives you any hope or, or not, but there was a turning point for me when I turned 30 where I, I start, I did a lot of work on myself. I did the work and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, you guys, I did it. I did the work and now I am Zen. Um, and I started attracting a really nice men. Really, really kind. I have not dated a shitty man since I've done the work. The work? Stevie, what is the work? I Well, for me, it was a twelve step, an anonymous 12-step program and a lot of therapy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I loved it. it it's helped me a lot. Um, but I don't know. Also, maybe I've just, like, dated enough. It could – it might have nothing to do with the work. Maybe it has to do with I dated enough people to know, like – what works for me, what doesn't. And now I'm like, God, I'm so unimpressed by these, uh, these like red flaggy types. I mean, as you can clearly see from talking to me for more than 10 minutes about relationships, like I'm still very much in the emotional pit of that bad relationship that I got out of. Yes, of course. So, you know, maybe I'll do the work and I'll like Stella, get her groove back and get, get, I think you will. I have I have full faith that you're going to end up with someone really cool and 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 really successful at what they do and like really creative and artistic. They're going to be like art house cool. That's the dream, isn't that the dream? Yeah, art house cool. Yeah. I think that I think that's a good priority too because it's like because you are uh, yeah you're you're extremely accomplished and cool and uh, I um I think um I just think it's important to just check in with yourself every now and then and remember like what is happening with your life and who you are and uh, what you, what you came here to do and the fact that you're doing it. And yes, I came on this, I came on this podcast for two hot people to tell me that I'm attractive and cool. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. We hope it worked. Well, now that we, (laughs) now that we helped you accomplish your goal, uh, please help us accomplish our goals. As we ask you (laughs) the, I burn everything five questions, uh, which uh, can, can be rapid fire. I feel like when we say rapid fire, it freaks people out. So you, you're not you're not in any under any sort of timer. But uh, there, you know, just I guess I guess it's because we want the first thing that comes to people's minds. Are you are you ready? Yes, always. Okay, great. One. What was your most awkward first date? 
Oh, my actual first kiss. Um, again, not not maybe not my most awkward date because I would need to like go through a lot of them and like some are really bad. But my actual first kiss was we saw the Holocaust movie Boy in the Striped Pajamas, which I don't <sighs> think we realized. Real, I think both of us were just like too embarrassed to be like, oh, we shouldn't see that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh no! And then we we kissed in his car. I was a freshman in high school, I think. Oh, just a babe. Yeah. That is, yeah, probably killed the mood. But the fact that it, you you kissed at the end, I mean, we were both so like. I think it was so obvious that we liked each other, and just like we were too shy and embarrassed to do anything. But yeah, what a what a not a good first date movie. I mean, awkward, but it kind of makes sense that. There's something there. If you can't, if you can't kill a vibe with a Holocaust movie, then there's a vibe for yeah, sure. Yeah, then there's a, there's a through line somewhere. Okay, two. Who yeah. is your current celebrity crush? Um, uh, Matt Berry from What We Do in the Shadows. Oh <laughs> my gosh, that's so funny. I, I love him so much. I He's love really the man. Talented. That voice uh, is just magic. And wouldn't you want to hear yeah. him say? Uh, wait, can I even do it? Dana, Dana. Yes, no, I can't yes. even do it. A voice that low. I just want his voice in my life always. Like, I want him to be like, oh, I'm making eggs. I'd be like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I, wanna he- I want him to tell me to fuck, fuck off. I want to hear him. I want him to say fuck off to me like every day. Oh I my God. I truly love him. I like, I loved, you know, Toast of London. And like, I think he's so funny that like, that's my type. Oh, a weirdo. Yeah. A weirdo in like a weird Victorian uh, uh, petticoat and what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Just perfect. Yeah. Um, wow. Good answer. Uh, three. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is your favorite snack? Um, this is dried mango from Trader Joe's, but only the Trader Joe's ones. I feel like the the Whole Foods one, it's not the right texture and it's too thin and it, you can't like chew through it. It's like you feel like you're gnawing rubber. Yeah, the, it's weird. But the Trader Joe's uh just just mango simply mango is <laughs> um 100 agree with you love, thank you thank you so much love that also great road trip uh food yes and it, for some reason they just they got the texture right so you can like bite through it yeah <sighs> trader joe's you do it to me every time um question four what is your dream meal and that means uh consequence free no caloric absorption nothing it's just uh the sky's the limit oh like you know, uh, okay, French, a big plate of really hot, buttery French fries, like mm. a really buttery steak, mm. um, and like a m- molten chocolate brownie with ice cream on it for dessert, and a and a martini, a a, a, a gin martini with with extra <laughs> olives. <gasps> this yeah. wow. Honestly, that's like a meal that if you answered that in the 60s, I'd be like, yeah. If you answered that in the 70s, I'd be like, that makes sense. Like, it's real timeless. That's just Very part of the, the basic. You know, like you can you can add fluff to it, but like, yeah, some some red meat, like really good, a really good steak, really good fries. Oof, yeah. Why mess with perfection? I yeah. mean, you could, you could, yeah, you could, I'm sure you could add on. We could be doing sides for hours, but like that is a very solid order. What's the best um, answer you've gotten from someone on that? What, what's like the, the meal where you're like, oh, that's a good answer. I would say the most charming one that we get a couple of times is, is we get people, they get a far off look in their eyes and then they start describing like a parent's oh. cooking. And it's like, wow, good, yeah. good answer. Because like mine is like a pizza from this place and then a steak from here and then a giant soda. Yeah. And then this person's like my mom's chicken pot pie. And I'm like, God, 
God damn it. That's a good answer. Motherfucking ratatouille motherfuckers. I know. Ugh. CGI looking motherfucking. <laughs> okay. Um, and question five. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice about relationships or food or both, what would it be? Um, okay. Can I do two separate pieces of advice? Of course. Okay. For like 22 year old Dana, who's like a senior in college, um, older men, when they're interested in you, don't flatter yourself and think it's because you're so smart and mature. It's just not worth it in the end. They're not the exception. Trust me. Um, and, uh, for food, uh, don't, Try to lose weight. You're fine. It's going to fuck you up and fuck up your brain for a long time. Just be a normal person and eat, eat food. Ugh. Like I think yeah. diet, diet, diet culture caused me now a different personal, like caused my weight to get super low for a while. And then like way higher, much higher than it was originally for a while before I finally just sort of like got to a medium place where I don't think about it. And like, Oh my God, could you imagine the the time and effort and mental brain power I would have saved if I just like didn't worry about it too much to begin with? Like me being like anorexic for a few years, like fucked up my metabolism and relationship to food and then caused me to gain a whole bunch of weight. You know, if I could have just been happy at my weight when I thought I was so fat, but like looked perfectly fine and felt perfectly fine and was healthy, like, oh my God, the time and energy I would have saved. <sighs> uh, that is a very, very, very good thing for to say and for people to hear yes. I, I totally totally agree with you like, i you're would fine. you're fine i would Everyone's have fine. yeah i would have you have told me that around like uh 25 i would have had you like sit me down and been like hey the road you're about to go down is gonna be so many years of uncovering and fixing something that was never wrong to begin with yeah where it's like oh my god this the 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 complex that you'll have and the the brain energy and years of focus that could be spent focused on so many more interesting, important things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what a fantastic note to end on. Thank you for saying that. And also thank you for being on our show. Uh, uh, I think I, I insisted, I begged you to be on the show. So thank you for uh, indulging me being like, how much do I have to pay? I'll do it. Put me on your show. It yeah, was a, we do it was want, a great episode. We do want money for it though. As, as oh yeah, should, we'll yeah. we'll give you our Venmo when we when we send you the link to promote it. You should invite. Um, uh, it's it's we we're we're cheap dates. It's five bucks each. Um, <laughs> but Dana, I know you have uh, a million great projects. What would you, where would you like to direct our listeners oh. uh, to find you on the internet? Uh, God, yeah, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, both at like Dana Schwartz with three Z's because Dana Schwartz with one Z was taken. Um, and if you like history, it's not me talking like this. It's like a very serious actual history podcast. Uh, but it's a, a podcast called Noble Blood. It's very good. And also, you don't need to me to tell you that. You know it's good. It's great. <laughs> we all need validation, Dave. Hey, Dave, is my podcast good? <laughs> Dude, I don't know anymore. <laughs> it's been a we, we did 100 episodes. I mean, who did did we do it? Uh, wow, Dana, you're really now, now you're listening to now. This is our uh, therapy session. Um, True. But, uh, but but this was honestly, so cathartic. Thank you for having me. Uh, Dana, but, thank you for doing our podcast. Honestly, you're a great, you're a great human. Can we, can Actually, I, can you're I, great. Can I buy you uh, martinis when this is all over? Yes. Or uh, hard slash yes. non-alcoholic slash whatever beverage of choice just to hang out in a non-Zoom 
Yes, I would love that. Let's let's all hang out when um, pandemic time is over and we'll drink drinks and eat French fries and maybe some steaks. I want to meet <sighs> all of your dogs. Yeah, I'll your bring, collective four dogs. We'll bring them all. Maybe we'll have dinner in my yard so we can all have uh, dogs running everywhere. It'll be really chaotic. We'll try and record. <laughs> we'll record a podcast too. I it's a it. plan. I will see you all in 2023. Yeah, see you guys in 2025. Bye. Hey, Dave. Hey, Stevie. Uh, you know, Dana, A plus on Dana. Yeah, she's great, right? I really like her. I love her energy. I love, uh, I love, she's very funny. I like that she's self-deprecating. I like everything about her. She's so smart, too. What is, God, I, w- I, I wish I was what? her. I want to be her. I want to be her. I want to, <laughs> I want to trade. I want to trade. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to and look. I you know we're 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 not that uh, cr- crazily apart in age. Obviously, I'm I'm a little bit older. But hearing her talk about herself, and you know, she'll probably listen to this part. Maybe so. Hi, uh, this is what I think. But it's like I I feel as though I had an opinion of myself that that never really jived with what other people would say about me. And it wasn't really until I got into therapy that my therapist would be like. Hey, what what is this narrative you have for yourself? And I'd be like, well, this is just kind of what people must think of me. And she's like, where is that coming from? And um, I don't know. I I didn't really have a good reason or a good answer. And I don't think uh, I don't think that what she says about herself is is accurate. Um, me neither. Yeah. I'm so confused by it. Like when I said like, yeah, like us. And she was like, you can't put us in the same category. I was like, yeah, I can. <laughs> well, first of all, we can do whatever we want, but also <laughs> she's, she's, she's a fucking rad, successful person. And it's yes. like, I don't know. I, I, I mostly, my only opinion the whole time is that I want to, uh, knock this, this, uh, older shitty ex-boyfriend's teeth in, um, no. uh, just like I want to do for all the people who have wronged my friends and it, and you know, I know that there's two sides to every breakup and whatever, but I, this guy's got, this guy's got no grounds to stand on. What a, what a shit. <laughs> He's the worst. I hope I meet him someday and then I can be like, hey, can I send you a nude and then send him a bunch of computer viruses? (laughs) (laughs) A bunch. So many endless computer viruses. We're going to we're not going to hack you, but we will get you a ton of viruses. You'll never get rid of them. Hey, if this one doesn't wreck your hard drive, this one will send twice. Send. send. And if this one doesn't wreck your hard drive, this one will wreck your final draft pro twice. (laughs) Good luck with your play you're writing, which is probably never going to get performed. Loser. (laughs) I like our our version of revenge is like not very bad. It's just like kind of mildly inconveniencing. The guy's got to go to the Apple store for an afternoon. Yeah. For like like, 30 minutes. (laughs) They're like, wow, you're something, something really got in there. And he's like, yeah, this like, woman i don't know sent me a bunch of computer viruses oh a bunch yeah she stated she wanted me to have several so you know i can't get into my email now or whatever but i can use i can get it on my phone oh my god um i love the vibe i love it um i i uh yeah and i just just as a just as a little addendum there um I'm not saying that I don't think I don't think every man in L.A. is mediocre. I'm not denigrating myself, but I do just sometimes think I think we could I think we could work a little harder, fellas. Yeah. And I and I'd like to do one, too, because here's the truth. I I also don't think I also don't think most men in 
LA are mediocre. I actually don't think, I actually think like if, if they are, it's because society, you know, it's a system, it's, it's a systemic problem, honestly. Um, but I will say what I mean by mediocre is, is not necessarily that they're not good looking or not impressive. It's that like they, they also don't have great values. It's like, it's like their core, their core values are mediocre. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not necessarily them. It's like they haven't quite, they're not fully ready. They're not fully developed. Um, they're just, they're half baked. They're half baked and they need to go back in the oven for a little while. Yeah. So let's, let's put you back in the oven until then. Um, please stay away. I think I was half baked. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why I feel like I'm better now that I was I like, think that's it for everyone, Dave. It was it for me too. I was half baked. And then I went back in the oven for a little while, came out well into my thirties with, you know, uh, more gray hair, but also more, um, uh, more self-worth and a better sense of who I am. And, uh, maybe my listening skills have gotten better too. I don't know. Uh, but, um, a big, a big comforting hug to, uh, to little twenties, Dave, cause he was trying, even if he sucked a little bit, you know, I like twenties, Dave, but I like thirties, Dave better. I think you only met, I think you met 30, Dave. I think you met me when I was 30. <gasps> oh, so I don't know 20s, Dave. No, he was bad. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't meet him then. Yeah, you're lucky. Um, Stevie, uh, I would love, uh, this is just between you and me, but I would love it if our listeners would call us at 213-458-5236. And I would also just be so charmed. And again, I would never say this to anyone else, just you, but I would love it if our listeners would email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com. And oh God, I, I feel weird even just disclosing this just to only you because I know you're the only one that's going to hear I it, know. but I would love it if they would rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And that's like kind of vulnerable for me to say. Yeah, it's, pri- it's private. Yeah, it's private. But also, but no one else is going to hear that except for you. So No, I it's between okay. you and I. Don't worry. Um, yeah. And between you and I, I would love um, some nice reviews uh, for our podcast. Like all I'm asking is five stars and some paragraphs about it. Yeah, one to two paragraphs would really kind of um, hit the spot for me, you know. Yeah, me like too. A, like a like a like a milkshake on a hot day. Uh, like a dairy-free milkshake, preferably. We're like, Jews, and we can't tolerate much milk. Like a like a Gatorade after a big game with the boys. There we go. There there we hit it. We hit the sweet spot. We hit that sweet spot. <laughs> um, do you want to do you want to get out of here and go? Uh, what did you say the other day? Live our lives in our own houses by ourselves. Yeah, I would like to live my life in my own house by myself for what seems like maybe the rest of eternity, Dave. I know, but there's hope at the end of the at the end of the. There's hope. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and you know what that is? Is um election. Uh oh, I was gonna say <laughs> death. <laughs> oh okay wow okay i thought new president you're speaking death um i'm good with either um i i yeah well i'd like a different president i don't know i i i, I thought of a t-shirt idea that totally tanked and i had to delete it but it was like a it was a both sides you could wear it if you were a republican or a democrat in november and it, it says i love my grabby grampy oh and it tanked people hated it yeah, it got, only got one like in 15 minutes, so I had to delete it. Maybe people were a little annoyed by the fact that their choices are so bad. But, um, you know, I lo- I'm going to love my grabby grampy if he's if he's Joey, if he's Joey B. I'll learn to love my grabby grampy. I'm, I'm fine. Look, 
If I was dating and he was an option, would I date him? Hard no. Would I want to be in the same room with him? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) But would I prefer that he runs the country over a different sort of like, you know. uh, Probably a grabby or grampy. Like a grabby great grampy. Um, Yeah, I'd prefer it. Do I think he's our best choice? No, but I think he's our only choice. Okay, well, I hope it works. And I also hope that you never get awarded a Congressional Medal of Honor because you might have to meet him and be in the same room as him. So I'm... Oh, that's why I've been doing what I've been... That's why I do podcasts and that's why I don't do any any good work. (laughs) You can start your humanitarian work after he dies. I, I, yeah, I'll start it when he's gone um, so I can spare myself from being in the same room as Grabby Grampy. <laughs> and uh, Joey B, if you're listening to this, sorry for everything I've said. I just honestly, I don't want to be in the same room as you. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Um, well, listeners, we already told you all the places you can find us. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay safe, stay sane. And stay the fuck out of Ross Dress for Less. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time. Then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're You're here to to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.